This is Away Message, a podcast about what you find in hard-to-find places. I'm Jeremy Markovich. And just a bit of housekeeping. We were supposed to bring you Episode 5 this week, but we need just a little bit more time to fact-check everything. So while you wait, here is a bonus episode. Now, this is a story that I've wanted to share for a while now. A story about a forgotten bridge. A bridge that is still there. A bridge to nowhere. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? And to help tell the story, I called this guy. I'm Barack Richman. I'm a professor at Duke Law School uh, and also at the Fuqua School of Business. Some parts of what you're about to hear are actually very familiar to first-year law students. You can ask almost any 1L in America about Rockingham County and the Luton Bridge Company, and they will know what you're talking about. Which is ironic, because when I drive out to Rockingham County, to the outskirts of a little town called Eden, North Carolina, nobody knows what I'm talking about. Uh, Do you know anything about it or the history of it or anything like that? Yeah, I have no idea. Okay. But what the heck? While I'm there, I decide to get a better look for myself, so I walk out to the center of the bridge. It's very calm and peaceful. You can see the Dan River below me, kind of just gently flowing. And there are no cars on this bridge because it's blocked off on either side by metal guardrails. I'm gonna see if I can go down the hillside and get down underneath the bridge. All right, there's a little trail that it is, ooh, it is steep uh, and it's also paved, so might end up sliding down this thing on my rear end. Okay. Maybe a very, this may be a very dumb idea. (sighs) So I am right down on the banks of the Dan River now. And there's like, it's just, it's a gorgeous old bridge. It's got like these two really majestic arches underneath it. So there are thousands of bridges in North Carolina. What is so unique about this bridge? So what's unique about this bridge, and it's not just unique about this bridge in North Carolina, it's actually unique in the world, you might say, or certainly in the United States, is that this bridge led to a very famous court case. Let's start with where we are. Rockingham County sits up against the Virginia border, north of Greensboro. And the story begins at the turn of the 20th century, along the Dan River. And to the south of the Dan River uh, were tobacco farmers. And to the north of the Dan River, there was the beginnings of some textile industry. And in comes this guy named B. Frank Mevin. A spectacular personality. A born salesman. At a very young age, he was able to take two big carriages of pickles and sold them in an afternoon. And just in case you're wondering, he is not the same Mevin that the town of Mevin is named after. Anyway, as an adult, he marries the daughter of a governor, becomes rich and powerful, and decides to build a textile mill on the north side of the Dan River near present-day Eden. But there's a problem. The railroad that he needs to use is on the south side of the river. There already is a bridge in place, but for Mebin, it's way out of the way. He just wanted a shorter, more direct route across the river that would benefit him. That's exactly right. And um, 
it was pretty clear to the population that it was to benefit him. And that's really where his tr- troubles began. So what happens next? So he goes to the county commissioners and he says, I really think we ought to come up with another bridge. And the county commissioners rejected that request. So he did what any enterprising uh, entrepreneur would do. He got engaged in politics. And in 1922, he finances the campaigns of three men. And those three men get elected to the Rockingham County Commission and take over a majority on the most powerful board in local government. And the first thing they do? The county commission, by a vote of three to two, approved its tax increase to build another bridge. He stacks the deck in his favor. He gets his bridge. What does that do for his popularity and what does that do for the finances of the whole county? It's amazing to think about what happens next. It really is. There was an enormous revolt. To pay for the bridge, a bridge that basically benefits one man and his textile mill, the county raises property taxes, which really hurts the farmers. And the farmers get mad. And this is North Carolina in the summer of 1923. It's hot. And they stuff into really hot meeting halls to hear these fiery speeches. Remember, this is not all that long after World War I. And the specter of authoritarianism of an undemocratic oligarchy, uh, was constantly being invoked. Uh, We fought these people in Germany, and now we have to fight them here in Rockingham County. And things are really close to getting violent. After these meetings in the town hall, you had suggestions of riots. In 1924, there is a really big twist with one of the members of the county commission. When things got violent, one of them just said, hey, I'm, uh, this is not for me. So he sends a letter to the county clerk saying, I hereby resign from the county commission. But Mevin hears about this. And Mevin finds him and convinces him to rescind his resignation. And this is where it gets interesting. The county clerk basically says, too late. We've already appointed someone to take your place. Now, that does not clear things up because both men say, I'm the real commissioner. And this basically is the worst possible thing that could happen in government. We didn't know who was in charge. We didn't know who was the rightful county commissioner. We didn't know who the government was. So what does this have to do with the bridge? Oh, yeah, the bridge. By this time, the Luton Bridge Company of Knoxville, Tennessee, had already started building it. It was a patented arch design, and it produced some really very beautiful bridges. But you have this problem. You have one set of commissioners saying, keep building the bridge. We're in charge. And another set of commissioners saying, no, we're in charge. Stop building the bridge. And the Luton Bridge Company really didn't know what to do. So it kept building the bridge. After this this happens, the bridge is completed, right? The bridge is completed, but there's no road leading to it. <laughs> so, so they didn't they they built the bridge, but they didn't they didn't build the road to the bridge. <laughs> because before that could happen, the case ends up in court. The Luton Bridge Company tells the judge, "Look, we finished the bridge. We want full payment." And the judge says, "That's actually an easy call." No. When you are told that the county doesn't want the bridge anymore. You should stop building. 
and you are not entitled to continue building and then collect full payment. Because, as the judge says, it doesn't make any sense to have a bridge without the road. But that belies what really is the story behind the bridge. Um, the Luton Bridge Company didn't know who to listen to because the Luton Bridge Company didn't know who was in charge. And so the judge makes another decision in that same case, which also has big implications. He says once you resign and the county clerk accepts that resignation, you can't take it back. And it's one of the more foundational and more critical questions in government. You need to know who's in charge. What happens to the bridge? So Rockingham County had this beautiful bridge that it really didn't pay for, um, but it, it didn't have a road connecting to it. It was a bridge basically over the Dan River in the middle of the jungle. Uh, in the middle of the forest. So what did the people do in Rockingham County? And from what I understood, they they used it. They had dances there. Um, They had community dinners there. I can imagine the sun setting over the Dan River with these tables and picnics on the the bridge. Um, Very, very scenic, very a very elegant spot. So my guess is it was also used by assorted teenagers for the things that teenagers do. (laughs) Eventually, in 1935, it was hooked up to a road. But by that time, B. Frank Mebbin had been dead for nine years. The one-lane bridge was named for him and stayed in use until 2003 when it was closed to traffic. But even though it no longer has any use for cars, the state never demolished it. It's not because it's a pretty bridge. It's not because it has some sort of historical value. It's because of something I saw when I climbed down underneath it. On one side of it, uh, there is a pipe, like a pretty large pipe that runs across that you actually can't see from the top. It's a sewage pipe. Yes, the only reason this bridge exists today is to carry sewage across the Dan River. And maybe that's the perfect place to end a story about the crazy things that happened that let a perfectly good bridge go to waste. Special thanks to Barack Richmond at Duke University. If you want to read a much more detailed account of this story, we have linked to a paper he wrote on the topic in the show notes for this episode. Away Message is a production of Our State Magazine. I'm Jeremy Markovich. We'll be back with our regularly scheduled episode in a few weeks.